it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Listeners, welcome to the windowsill. I am so glad you're here. If this is your first visit, welcome. And if you're returning, thank you. Today, I have a treat. I am talking to Ivy Zelmer. Ivy lives very near to where I grew up. She lives in the Napa Valley in a little town called Yountville, California. And I grew up just up the road in a little town called St. Helena. Ivy has a beautiful watercolor paper company called Ivy Papery. And it's really a cool story how she got started in this. With a lifelong love of paper and artful entertaining, Ivy created her first stationery series at the age of nine. She bundled up the papers and shipped them across the country, an early love letter to hand-lettered correspondence. Were any of you thank you note writers? I, I was because my mom made me, so then that turns you into someone who appreciates that, I think. Then, in her formative years of early womanhood, Ivy traveled to France, an experience that forever influenced her artistic aesthetic. These passions artfully combined, and what started as hand-painted gift tags and a holiday card with Ivy's signature bicycle has transformed into Napa Valley's premier watercolor house. After dedicating 15 years to dentistry, Ivy shifted back to her childhood passions, keeping the art of a hand handwritten note alive. And Ivy is now running a full-time design and luxury papery gift collection. Today, Ivy Papery is dedicated to providing a portal to an elevated life, sharing beauty, spreading joy, and creating genuine connection through elegant gifting. And we really dig into how Ivy came to this and how she has really made it work for herself in a fairly short amount of time. So I think you'll be really inspired. She has some great tips and great thoughts on just how to show up as yourself and do those things that light you up and make you happy, which in turn makes your clients, customers, and recipients happy as well. So enough from me. Here is a wonderful conversation with Ivy Zelmer from Ivy Papery. Ivy, I am so glad you joined me today. Thanks so much for being here. I am beyond excited to be here with you. Aw, thanks. thanks for having me. You bet. I would love it if you would tell our listeners a little bit about your journey and how you went from dentistry, which this fascinates me, to full-time design and a luxury papery gift collection, kind of what inspired that transition and how did you find yourself there and how did you make it happen? I want to know. I want to know. Mm. 
<laughs> the journey is definitely not a straight one. It is windy and curvy. And it, sometimes I'm just like pinching myself going like, who is this person? And why am I here? And how, like, I look down at my art or illustrations and go, oh my gosh, like, you know, I had um, an amazing mother and grandparents who mm. just, they were like Renaissance people. I mean, my mm. grandmother, she was up in Northern California in Mendocino County, and she was always crafting. She was always doing something. She was making furniture. She was studying mushrooms. I mean, I remember people like coming to the front door in the wintertime and like knocking and like having a basket of mushrooms. And they'd be like, are any of these like poisonous? And she'd go, yes, yes, yes. Don't eat that one. Come in. We'll saute them up with some butter. And oh my gosh. Like, I just had these amazing women who were just, you know, they owned a restaurant and a resort. And my mom was, they were just amazing women. So I, I guess I, deep inside me, there's this feeling of just, if you put your mind to something, just try it, mm-hmm. kind of try and push through the fear. So um, one thing you may not know about me is actually my first career was uh, to become a pastry chef. Oh, wow. I love that. That's, that's creative and challenging. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I grew up as a country kid off the grid and I was just always kind of like a latchkey kid in a way, just, you know, coming home and making my own meals because my parents were both working and, and I just developed this love for cooking and my parents really encouraged me to, you know, to go to culinary school and just try that. And I didn't finish, but I got a job with a really wonderful restaurant that I think took a chance. And, you know, like in the third week, I forgot the sugar in the cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, you know, this may not be, (laughs) this may not be the profession I really should be in. So, um, you know, most of my family are dentists, you know, dentistry kind of runs through us. And so I went back to school and became a dental hygienist. And that was an amazing career. I mean, I loved working with patients and I loved the science background of it. But after five, seven years, I was just starting to get kind of restless. And I just felt Mm. like there was a, I just wanted to keep going, but I didn't know what direction that was. So I went and got my master's degree at the dental school in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And I started teaching in the master's program. And that led to other opportunities within dentistry and then COVID hit. (laughs) Mm, mm -hmm. And the company I was working for had just been bought by a public company. And so they were worried about their stock price and they were, you know, every dental school, dental hygiene program, every dental office across the country. You remember what March 2020 was like. It's just like the world stopped. It did. And we didn't know what we thought it was going to be just a few weeks. <laughs> and then it was just really yeah. the most amazing feeling to just not be able to go anywhere or do anything and not know what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Not know. Yeah. Just like, when am I going back to work? My neighbor at the time, by this time I'd moved to Napa and I got, I m- met my husband and we got married and we were living here. And, and my neighbor at the time had half an acre of of organic farm. And she's like, do you want to grow flowers with me during COVID? And so we planted from seed, like thousands and thousands of flowers. And I learned how to grow flowers from her. And we called ourselves the program, we called it pay it forward flowers. And what we did is we grew these flowers during COVID. I mean, we were outside in the like with masks on like 20 feet away from each other, like tilling the land and planting the the flowers in Yonville. Oh. And, um, 
And so then we created a little website and a form and where neighbors could nominate neighbors to receive flowers during COVID. And it was just kind of like a community building thing. And it was so fun. It wasn't exactly how we planned it, you know, like delivering a bouquet of flowers with your mask on going, hi, I mean, you're not infected, but (laughs) (laughs) take these flowers inside your house. And um, I guess it was like around that summer where I thought, you know, people are either baking bread or learning another language. And I thought, I'm just going to buy a watercolor set and just see if maybe I can't paint these flowers. And that's kind of how I arrived. I mean, there's a lot of little things in between, but that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. That is such a good path. You're right. They are so twisty turny, our paths, but I love that you had, you know, kind of in your blood, your mom and your grandmother and their creative influence balanced with the dentistry influence, balanced with your own curiosity, and then sort of the world happening around you. And it led to that. That's wonderful. I was creative when I was younger. I mean, I remember making my first like stationary series when I was like nine, like with craft paper and like little kids blunted scissors and like glue sticks and, you know, wrapping them up and sending them to family members. And, and then I remember this really important moment in my life, probably 12 or 13 years old, my fancy grandmother from Chicago sent me my first personalized stationary set Oh yeah, with my name on it in like hot pink. <laughs> oh yeah. That's awesome. And that never left me. Right. And it's so a whole it's new realization. Kind of kind of go full circle. It's like, here I am adulthood and I'm, I'm doing personalized stationery for people. So were you a letter writer? Did you, did you, were you someone that sent cards and anyway? Yeah. Mom and grandmother encouraged it. So yeah, it was super joyful. Oh. So you, you started painting the flowers and then like, it seems like it pretty quickly led to this whole thing. When you, when you found that you were enjoying it, did you kind of immediately think, what can I do with this? Should it be, should it be cards and stationery, or how did that evolve? It was meant for me and just yeah. me initially, just like pure mm. joy. And when I've painted my first, and actually it's kind of funny. The first thing I painted actually was not a flower. <laughs> it was a topiary that was outside the French laundry uh-huh. in town, you know, uh-huh. you know, the restaurant. So there was this beautiful like French urn pot with like this boxwood on top. And I'd taken a picture of it and took it home. And I just, that was the very first thing I painted. And when I looked down and I finished, or when I thought I finished, I just like lit up. There was just something mm-hmm. inside of me that just like, I was almost trembling because I thought, oh my gosh, like I made this. I can't, like, I don't even how did I just went to another space, my mind totally wandered. And I think that's such a joyful part of being creative is losing yourself. Like whatever's going on, like you focus on that and and then you just went, where did that half an hour just go? Then you know you're doing the it's right like thing. It's like almost like a a meditation. Mm-hmm. So um so it was it was starting with that and then it was then it was getting the courage to kind of post it on Instagram and my Facebook page, just like mm-hmm. sh- everybody was kind of sharing what they were doing creatively during that time. Yeah. And then friends started asking me, oh, can you make my holiday card this year? Or can you make me gift tags for this, like these gift baskets I want to put together? And that kind of gave me more courage to mm-hmm. pursue it forward. And I thought, well, if I'm going to really 
this brings me a lot of joy. It seems to be bringing other people joy. How can I potentially look at turning this into a, a business? Love that. So I took an online course through, there's a um, business school on the East Coast called Wharton. Mm-hmm. And I enrolled in a class online, an entrepreneurship certificate course. And my ca- I chose for my capstone to be focused on like gifting, elegant gifting, specifically mm-hmm. in Napa Valley. And so mm-hmm. during that time of COVID, I was able to, with a Wharton business, you know, like email address as a student address, I was able to contact like all these four and five star hotels in Napa Valley Smart. and wineries. And, and part of my capstone was trying to figure out what was what was missing? What were they feeling like they were hearing from guests, visitors, and locals alike that was missing? And there was a common thread through every answer. We need more local products. And I went, there you go. Interesting. So Uh I just thought, why don't I just try? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Then I thought stationary cards. Yeah. So I love that you did that kind of research and, you know, whether it be through you know, recommended by school or whatever, that's a really good thing for people to hear and remember, whether it's a questionnaire you send out to your Instagram audience or whatever that is, if finding out that information and trying to figure out how you fit into that problem and how you can solve it for them is fantastic because you're ahead then. If so, if they're saying, oh, we need local product, I mean... Ivy and I grew up for you listeners or lived in the same. I grew up where Ivy lives now. And it's, can you describe a little bit about the Napa Valley for those people who aren't kind of aware of what goes on there? Cause it's not just like a, a town with a grocery store and a, and a hardware store. There's, there's opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly evolved over the last 15, 20 years that I've been here. And certainly when the early, you know, Mondavi's, um, you know, kind of founded this, these areas with, with, you know, their wineries, but I think we were talking earlier that, you know, it started out as, you know, two wineries to like maybe 25 and now there's like what over five or 600 wineries. I think over seven or who knows. Yeah, it's crazy. But, um, you know, there's people who, who save up and come here for a once in a lifetime trip. And there's like these beautiful vistas of like rolling hills of vineyards and mountains and fresh clean air and beautiful grapes and hot air balloons floating in the morning in this in the in the sky and people on bicycles with baskets I mean it it is pretty cool it's inspiring (laughs) for sure it's inspiring there's so many beautiful things around here and um, a lot of my clients now become wineries just like whether they want a personalized menu or they want a custom holiday card or um, I just did a project for for a beautiful winery where I mean I just made all the back of their winery um, winery menus so if they have an estate dinner for guests on the property the menu will be printed on a custom printed menu that I painted the back of so it's like the wallpaper so Mm. it's just these little differentiators, I think that the wineries can use me for just to kind of like impart some creative illustration that is special. Well, and you have to bring your ideas to something like that too. And I I think one of the things that's so welcoming about the Napa Valley is it's not overbuilt. There are 
there it's it's an agricultural place. So like you were saying, there's people riding their bicycles down a country lane and certainly there's industry there, but it's it's there's land in between and, and it's agricultural and it's winery. So the grapes are grown there and the mountains surrounded on either side. And and there's something about those who visit there, I imagine, that just captures the, oh my gosh, this lifestyle. And and because of the fact that wineries and food and things like that are so important there, hospitality then is a big business. And I I can think back to a few people who were creatively making things happen, doing wine labels and things like that early on. But I and food, certainly. I think of people who pulled us together in the valley because of the food they cooked or because of the wine they made. But I can't really think of anybody besides maybe Earl Thollander or the DeRosas, et cetera, that put their hand to something that made that you could, as a winery or a restaurant, say, could you do this for me? And it would make it unique to them. And Ivy, I just think it's fantastic that you kind of stepped into this. And I... I love that that is working that way. I have a a dear friend who's probably listening who we, you know, we grew up there and we would spend our our art class time in high school drawing and and she's done a lot of work for the Valley, but, but finding a way to take your art and, and love what you're doing, painting what's around you, making cards, making, and just finding a way to to really make it work. I, I just, I'm really inspired by that. It's so yeah. fun. And it's fun to work with clients to just light up when they see your work. And, you know, you have these pre-planning meetings and you sit down and, and then, it, you know, you do initial sketches and, you know, go into phase two, which is getting it more finalized and, and then moving into the final watercolor art. And they're just so happy. And, mm-hmm. and now it's like, now I'll just go into stores and, you know, it's a lot of the stores I shop in already. Mm-hmm. Um, Chateau Sonoma over in Sonoma, Acres up in St. Helena, Pennyweight mm-hmm. in St. Helena, you know, the beautiful stationery store who now carries my whole line and mm-hmm. I'm making them custom cards for their, for their store. Like it took me a year and a half to finally like walk in there with my mm-hmm. stuff because no and rejection was going to be really, really hard because I looked up to this store. Yeah. And they went, uh, yes, where have you been? <laughs> yeah, we've like, been looking for is, you. <laughs> this is so great. So um, it, I, if there's any word of encouragement or advice um, it is, as far as like the, the success I've had is, you know, maybe just start with the stores that you're already g- going into and that the relationship, I mean, this is such a relationship business. And Mm -hmm. that's been one of the biggest joys of starting Ivy Papery and, and running this creative business is meeting the shop owners. Some of them become like some of my best girlfriends. Yeah. And just seeing these powerhouse women who are running retail stores and, and you're, and you just go to them and say, how can I support you? What do you want in your store? What do you want to see? I'll make it for you. Um, And that's been, that's been really fun. And, and certainly the community on Instagram is like really kind of what lifts, lifts me up a lot because people are like, oh, your art makes me so happy. And I'm like, I'm just so glad you like it. Right. That's what we're after. Do you like it? You really like it. And I think too that you you obviously think outside the box because I think 
we we tend to go to you know what can i what can i make oh i could make a card or i've been asked to do this or that and and i love that you've taken it a step further and are collaborating and having that be such a such a key component for your business and i think as a creative that's where the juice is that's where the fun part is and you mentioned you know going into a store and finding out about what they might need and that leading to you know the back of a menu for special dinners or things like that. And I think that must be very rewarding. And how do you think about that? Like for people who might be thinking, oh, I just do, you know, I just have my things on society six, or I, ha- I have it done in a way that, that I, I know what to manage. And how do you kind of step outside that box for collaboration? Well, not everything works either. I should, it's not all like unicorns and rainbows over sure. here as far as like, <laughs> We have created some designs collaboratively, either myself or with a shop owner. And it's like, it doesn't move. And you're going, what do we do with 250 cards that we just had run through press? Like, right. Oh, okay. So um, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but I was thinking that lately, lately, like in the last year, I've been testing, kind of doing almost AB testing on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I do a mm-hmm. lot of sharing of, mm-hmm. of artwork and illustration on Instagram. And when I feel like I'm getting movement or excitement around a particular design, I flag that and I put it in a file and it's like, okay, this one, this one resonated with a lot of people. And there's things that I just think are so silly. Like I do this Eiffel tower with a bucket of a whole bunch of buckets of flowers at the bottom mm-hmm. and hearts like coming up out of the, out, out of the buckets and that are going around the Eiffel tower. And I just think like, it's all pink. It's kind of frilly and girly. It's kind of cute, but people are like, Oh my gosh, you should turn that into a card or I want that for this. And so it's good because that's the whole reason why we're here is well, to satisfy our soul and our creative energy, but Mm -hmm. it's really to serve our people and our customers Mm -hmm. and our Mm -hmm. audience. And so making things for them, it's important. So I think testing it on Instagram is, is good, but that's a great tip. Yeah. Because your audience will tell you. And that's another place that sometimes you have to be brave and say, I want to put this out there and I, I would love to hear what you think, no matter no matter what it is, because it's it's gonna move your business forward, really. Right. Yeah. In the long run. And to kind of like round it out and go back to your original question about how does it work as far as outside the box and working with different customers and, and stores and things, like a good example is um Schramsberg. Mm-hmm. I just ended up doing some champagne bottles in watercolor and just took the courage to just go have a meeting with them and show them what I did. And a friend who knows the CFO, like kind of helped make that introduction. And I said, I've got these watercolor champagne bottles. I could put them on stationery for you and you could sell them in your gift shop. And they went, yeah, that would be great. So sometimes it's doing something on your mm-hmm. own time mm-hmm. that's unpaid partly Mm -hmm. because it just fills you up with joy and you're like, okay, whether anything happens with it or not, I'm just glad I created that. But then you feel like you can, and then hopefully someone's going to Schramsberg and having a a tasting of their lifetime. And then they walk through the gift center and they're like, oh, here's some champagne cards that I can take back home as a gift and a reminder of my beautiful trip or for a local who just wants to write a celebratory note on something that's like super local. Mm-hmm. I always felt like we, my mom and I had a store for 10 years. Um, it actually, the, 
two of the founders of Acres, Pat and Pat, um, worked with us and they ended up taking over the store and changing the name to Acres. So um, long retail and history there. And my mom was an interior designer when she was the only interior designer in the Napa Valley while she and Thomas, but it, you know, it was, um, Oh, Thomas Bartlett. Yeah. It was the two of them basically. (laughs) So I know she, she and I had this store and we always, always were looking for the unique and working with small artists. And I think that is something if you're out there listening and thinking, Oh, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could go to this store that I really love in town and ask them. And even though that feels like daunting and scary and you think, oh my gosh, they have it all figured out. Stores want to be unique. They don't want the same thing as the person down the street. And that's not always easy to do. But when you walk through the door and say, hey, or, or, you know, a winery or or something nearby, you know, a restaurant's menu or, a hotel's welcome cards or who, what, no matter what brides, certainly I'm sure you have a lot, a lot to say about that because you do such beautiful illustrations, but, you know, think about how you can kind of insert yourself in the most positive way. Yeah. I am part of a mastermind group of women that are all along the West coast. They're Canada, Washington, Oregon, California. I think I'm the most furthest south. And we met through a program through Emily Jeffords. Mm -hmm. She has a program called Making Artwork. And so we went through that program and our cohort got put together. And that ended over a year ago. We still meet once a month on Thursdays for an hour. Love it. And we're all in different industries. We've got a ceramist, we've got a painter, we've got a someone who does ghostwriting. I mean, there's a lot of like creative individuals, but we get together and it's like, okay, what do you want me to look at? Do you want me to look at your website this week? Or what's your mm-hmm. problem? What's And one of the things that has come up in our discussion group is starting local. Like, mm-hmm. I think we sometimes get sucked into this vortex of Instagram where we have to be these overnight successes and everybody needs to know about us. But you know, start local, start with your peeps, start with the people who will appreciate that you're like in their backyard Yes, and take a leap of courage. You might be, you might get a no, but a no may not even mean no. It might just be no, not right now. Yes, exactly. And I think um, some of the luck I've had is, you know, it's the stores you've been in. It's the relationships you have. I try not to bring anything into a store like, here's all my stuff, you know, make a decision now. I usually just respectfully say, hey, I'm a local maker. I have a business called Ivy Papery. Um, Who should I get in contact with for this Mm -hmm. store? Who is your buyer? That's usually what I say is who Mm -hmm. is your buyer? And then I get a business card and then I can follow up in an email later that day or the next day. I was in your beautiful store. X, Y, and Z is why I love your store and why I think I might, my product might be a good fit, or it might be good for your customer. And if I don't get a reply, then it's a follow. This is the hardest part of my of my industry, I feel like is just reaching out to stores and getting them to reply back because they're mm-hmm. getting dozens, if not hundreds of emails. So you might have more luck because you're in their backyard. Mm-hmm. And if you need to take it a step further, it's like, can I send you some of my samples with yeah. a pitch email kind of just and. Um, I guess once you once you get a few stores, I think it probably helps build some credibility. So then the next email, you know, might be someone on the other side of the coast. Maybe it's someone 
you know, Michigan or Massachusetts, and you can say, Hey, I'm in these, these five stores. So it's giving the credibility that people are taking you on your work is selling. And it's, it just slow. I mean, I have this um, inspirational quote on my wall that just says the best things happen over time. Progress is quiet and slow. Mm, That's nice. The best things happen over time. Progress is quiet and slow. It is. And, and I think the determination is everything. And I'm really glad you brought up that keeping it local thought because, or, you know, don't forget about local, right? Because that niche, look how it's working so well for you. And there's nothing to say it can't grow internationally, but you're serving those people that you are, are in community with, you know, and that's, that's just a really, really good thing to remember. Yeah. And There's... and just keep sharing too. Like just pe- keep mm-hmm. being generous on Instagram or whatever your platform is. You never know who's watching. You never know who's think that might be a good fit. I got an email last August from a woman. Her name is Sandra Sigmund. Actually, she just wrote a beautiful book called um, French Blooms. I think it's like number one on Amazon right now. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful coffee table book. And it's about all the French florals. She's got a beautiful story. She found my work on Instagram and sent me an email through my website and said, I love this design. Is this a card? I'd love to carry it in my store in Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. And so we kind of chatted back and forth. And I figured out where she was. And I said, Oh, my gosh, I'm going to be in a wedding. Like, (laughs) in three weeks, I mean, it'd be like 15, 20 minutes from your store. She's like, you have to come up and meet. Aww. So I bring my husband, I bring the family because it's a family wedding. We're all marching into our store. And I'm like, hi, I'm Ivy. She's like, hi, I'm Sandra. And, and so she starts carrying my stuff. But you just never know like how these, the magic of Instagram and how these kismet moments work. Um, it's just fun. So yeah, start local, but just keep, keep making yourself visible too, because you just mm. know, never know. Art's not for everyone, but everyone loves art, right? right? So your art might not be for everyone, but that was it. And you don't know who's looking. You really don't. You know, you if you put it out there, a lot more people might have their eyes on it that you know, and they reach out, you know, for example, a store in Massachusetts all the way across the United States. And next it could be you have a new line coming out that's a it's a different aesthetic, but not a different, I mean, a different subject, but not a different aesthetic. How has, has your new um, collection evolved, your French collection is that, and, and I'm excited to see where that ends up. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the little pieces of my journey journey that I didn't mention was um, I did a semester abroad in college and I, I moved to Paris Love that. and my parents didn't want me to go and they thought it was frivolous and just not time or money well spent. And so I was, you know, being the redhead I am and being a little, um, fiery, watch me, thought, no, I, watch me. I'm, I'm, I, I just, I just felt like this was going to be a really important moment for me. And so I sold my car so I could have the money to afford my tuition uh, and I moved to Paris and wow. I went as a young lady and I returned a young woman. Uh, and I think that the aesthetics and the beauty and the sophistication of Paris has like forever shaped me. Mm -hmm. And even though I do live in Napa Valley and I'm inspired by so many beautiful things around here, there's always that piece 
within mm-hmm. me that's mm-hmm. that kind of flows through my paintbrush. So yeah, I'm really excited. I just launched a new illustrated notepad collection and it's all kind of like French inspired designs. So I have a bicycle. I think that's probably what I'm maybe most known for locally is bicycles. I just do all these different whimsical little themed bicycles around the season and different towns. So there's a bicycle, there's a hot air balloon, there's the Eiffel Tower. Mm. Anyhow, champagne bottles. There's always, there's always some bottle of wine or champagne. So yeah, they've been selling well and I'm really excited because it's just another way that people can gift elegantly and connect with each other. It really is elegant. I mean, I love that your hand, you know, and the way you lay the paint down, it it's very, I'm a big one. If people have worked with me, I love texture. I love something that looks like it has the hand of the artist and you capture that really beautifully. And I can see why it's so appealing to, to your clients. It's all those years holding a dental instrument. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I had a girlfriend the other day up in St. Helena. She's she's a dental hygienist and she's starting, um, actually, she's already started it, a Dahlia farm. And she's uh, thinking about, you know, going into, you know, this Dahlia farm. And so she got in touch with me and she wants me to do her logo. Nice. It's called On the Bright Side Flower Farm. Nice. Because she lost her house in the fires. We lost oh, our house in the fires. We've dead. all had to kind of start over, you know, with Sorry. just, you know, things. Yes. And she just thought, you know, we, we didn't, we're still here. I mean, we yeah. lost our house, but we're still here. So I have to look on the bright side. So that's oh. why she called her flower farm that, but Perfect. she, she saw me posting something on Instagram the other day and she said, nice fulcrum girlfriend, like, cause you have to use a fulcrum when you're in dentistry and I'm holding a, the paintbrush. Like I've got a fulcrum. So we got a good, we got a good laugh out of that. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Hey there, Windowsill Chats listeners. This is your host, Margo, and I'm here to share some new and exciting opportunities with you. Do you want to dive even deeper into the conversations we have in the Windowsill? Well, I have got a treat for you. In case you missed it, we launched our very own Patreon channel a couple of months ago, and our community continues to grow and evolve every day. And it's the perfect way for you to get involved and support the continuation of these thought-provoking conversations. Joining our Patreon community allows you to be a crucial part of what we do here and take windowsill chats to the next level. Now I know what you're thinking, there must be a cost to this, but hold on a sec, guess what? For less than the cost of a single coffee a week, you can become a proud member of our Patreon family. Yep, for just $5 a month, you can support this podcast and ensure that these conversations will continue to be heard. Our Patreon community is where the magic happens. Not only will you get exclusive behind-the-scenes content, early access to new episodes, and bonus conversations with special guests, but you'll also be able to connect with other like-minded listeners who share your passion for artistry, creativity, and learning. By joining Patreon, you're making sure that these conversations keep flowing and I can continue to bring you the diverse perspectives and insights you've come to love. Your support directly impacts the quality and frequency of these episodes, and I couldn't do it without you, truly. So if you believe in the power of ideas and the beauty of human connection, I invite you to check out our Patreon page today. Simply head over to patreon.com backslash in the windowsill or just search in the windowsill and select the membership tier that best suits you. Remember, it's less than the cost of one coffee a week, but the impact you'll make is truly immeasurable. 
Thank you for being part of our incredible community and helping us keep these conversations alive and thriving in the windowsill. Your support means the world to me, and I can't wait to see you over on Patreon. That's www.patreon.com in the windowsill. Instagram is so important and digital communication is so important and sending an email to follow up on that visit. But you have paper. How do you see kind of the importance of your product turning into a way to communicate and and kind of maintain those genuine connections? I, what do you write a lot of notes? Do you, I mean, obviously people want that. You know what it feels like when you receive, especially yeah. when it's unexpected, when it comes in yeah. the mail. I love it's it so like, much cliche and it's been said time and time again, but it is like sending a gift in the mail and it, it takes no time. And a, a girlfriend of mine just sent me, forwarded me something from Maria Shriver's like Sunday newsletter, which I just subscribed to, but they brought a woman on who um, did a project where she wrote, she, I think she had had someone pass away in her life and she was feeling the somberness of that and the And she wanted to bring joy to other people. So she took on a project where she wrote someone a note card. I think it's every day for a full Mm. year. And I went, wow, wow. that's super. Not even sure I know 365 people, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, and, and the response that she was getting back from people, how touching it was and, and how it came to someone when they were having their worst day and they got this beautiful note in the, in the mail. So I thought, man, maybe I want to do like a, an, something on my platform is just encourage people. Maybe it's just on Sunday, just doesn't have to be an Ivy papery note card. It can be yeah. any note card, but just, Hey, I'm thinking of you. Let's catch up soon. Love XOXO or something. And it, literally it can be done message stamped in less than two minutes and it has the greatest impact and such a beautiful connection and I mean I think if every little young person had their own personalized stationery I think Mm -hmm. we could change the world (laughs) because I think it just it just like sends so much goodness and happiness that um it really does I think it's just a major human connector just writing a note or just gifting in general it's just from the heart you know, whether it's, it's a bouquet of flowers from your backyard or if it's a note or I don't know. I just think it's all very beautiful and meaningful. It is. And I feel like that comes through that inspiration to you comes through in your work. Cause I can imagine you, you know, sitting in a cafe and in, in Paris or in Yountville and, and writing that note on this beautiful card. And I, it just, I, I grew up writing thank you notes certainly. And, um, my son, who's 15, has always, you know, whether he wanted to or not, written thank you notes. And we just um, we just had a wonderful uh, experience last weekend. And he wrote two thank you notes, one to somebody that I don't know if we'll be able to get it to her because she's kind of a it's who we went to see. She's a she's a singer. And then the people who who we went with. But reading those notes like he leaves them open so I can read them. And oh, my gosh, I just I know it's surprising to get that from a kiddo, a 15 year old boy writing a thank you note is not what you get all the time. And I I love that. And I just want to remind the listeners how much that means too. when you are, when you're hoping to connect with that art agent, with that store owner, with that person at the company that might be licensing creative work to send something with your artwork on it, 
that then they don't throw away. It's not like an email. Like you said, you know, you, you'll write an email, which is an important idea, but then you're able to follow it up with your artwork. And it's not really that hard to get things printed, even if it's just for you to send out. And it's such, it makes such an impression. It's just a really yeah, good way so to show up. up. Yeah, you yeah, really show do. Show up and stand out. Yeah. And there's a, there's an educator on wholesale who's I think in Atlanta, her name is Emily Gray. And she's got a program called the wholesale way. And she said, look, I've got a store here in Atlanta that we have over you know 2000 products. And, and she said, I can tell you how many times I've received something mm-hmm. from a maker that says, Hey, will you consider my stuff? She's like, I can count on one hand. So mm-hmm. this is what you all need to be doing is people are getting inundated with emails now mm-hmm. we're kind of going in reverse direction. And, you know, we used to get stacks of mail, junk mail, right? Yeah. But those days are kind of limited. So you will stand out. And mm-hmm. um, and she did the math. Like if you want to go to a trade show and spend thousands of dollars to show up and have your booth and, and you know, the overnight hotel and the transportation to get there, if that's a $5,000 cost, think about taking 5,000 or even $2,500 and putting those into like packages and sending mm-hmm. out a handwritten note with a, with either a picture of your stuff stuff or actual sample. And if you can do 10 of those a month mm-hmm. or 30 of those a month, the ROI, if you even just get one of those to pick you up, because once they're clients and they like you, once a store likes what you have yes, yes. and it sells, you're in, you're and in. it feels really good. It feels it's really not a good. one-time deal, right? Not, generally not. Yeah. Yeah. I love it's that. exciting. It is yeah. exciting. Yeah. I have another <laughs> friend who's in the card biz and, and he has been doing it for quite a while, but a similar thing where he thought it was back in the day when Kate's papery was around and he thought that's where I want to be. I have a few stores that I know about because I've traveled to this city or whatever. And it works. It really works. They, people, if that, if you send something, they're going to remember. So there's a, there's the tip of yeah. the day. <laughs> I know. Well, and I've got like three stores that are like on my super, super wish list. And and two of them replied back. They're like, yes, we love your work. Oh, that's great. But then I haven't heard back. And then I email back. It's like, oh, I don't want to be that creepy person who's just always emailing them like, hey, just staying close on your radar. But if if there was any like major challenge to my business, that's probably it is just trying to get retailers to, to fully look. see you mm-hmm. to look. And I think the next thing is to send a sample and just, Hey, remember me. Mm-hmm. I love your store. And I just think my things would just really be a good addition. Please, please, please consider me. Yeah. I and sometimes think, no is no, not is just no, not right now. Right. Like, oh, we already have another illustrator that has similar work, or we are already stocked up on notepads, but get back to us in the spring. So mm-hmm. always keep that in mind that a no is not just, it's not a permanent no all the time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, this is such good advice for aspiring makers and, and or people who are kind of stuck on how to get it out there. And I think your whole conversation is in, could be inspiring somebody to say, oh my gosh, I'm going to listen to that again. And and Ivy did this and that's going to make me brave enough to do that. But I, I think visually, you have a visual product. You, you're an artist with a visual, tangible product and your website is is beautiful, clean and clear. And your Instagram really, I love that it shows 
you, there's a very much a human aspect to it, but it's very, it, it shows your work really well too. And I just think those are, those are two important things too, that you have to embrace that business side. And it sounds like you've really done that with the mastermind and other things like that. Finding your peers that you can support yourself with, learning where there you might have felt like, oh gosh, I'd like to know more about this. So it makes me a little bit more confident in that area and kudos because it comes through, I think. Mm. Well, the, I think now that I'm thinking through every and listening to what you're saying, one of the pivotal kind of aha big moments for me in my business is when I created a digital wholesale catalog with mm. all my work. Mm. And that was the advice of, do you know, Katie Hunt from Proof to Product? She's got mm. another, she has a podcast that I listen to, but mm. I'm in that mastermind group that's called Labs. And mm-hmm. hers, her platform is all based on, um, product, a product-based business. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from that group was if you're going to step forward to a store or company or wherever, and you, you want to shift this from, if it's a hobby into a real lucrative, you know, paying your bills business, Mm -hmm. a wholesale catalog is a really important tool to have, to show up professionally to people. Yeah. And, and having a good line. Mm -hmm. So at least having, you know, if you're selling crocheted caps, have at least six. If you've got cards, at least have 12 happy birthday cards and 12, you know, I love you cards and things like that. So have a pretty strong product line Mm -hmm. and lay it out beautifully in a digital catalog. So you can email a PDF off to a store and you can show up professionally. And it looks like it wasn't something that was just put together overnight. You've, you've been in this business and you, so it just, again, it just takes time. Yeah. Some people and, are accelerators and do it faster, but I don't do anything fast. I, everything is, everything well, is slow. That's a good reminder too, because when you, if for somebody looking and who might just be learning about your website now, and it's like, oh my gosh, she's got this all figured out. But a reminder that it is a process and there are steps to take and you are continuing to take those steps. And that's, that's, pretty wonderful. The other thing that I think is is something that people wonder about and think about a lot is, oh my gosh, I have this portfolio. I've done this work. I've taken these classes or I've, I've, I've done these challenges and I have a, a portfolio and, or a body of work. Should I make something out of it myself? Should I wholesale? I really would like to be licensed by other companies. It's that kind of gray area on, on, where exactly to put your efforts. And so I think it's important to hear from someone like you that has had success locally, starting locally, starting manageably to create something. And I think, you know, that's how it starts to grow because then that company that sees your beautiful artwork on a card in a local store on that, they see that pattern on the back of the menu at the dinner and they say, oh my gosh, I make, you know, I have a fabric company. We would love to license. You know, there's so many ways that the threads are tied together and, and then it becomes like, there's not a limit. There's just decisions to be made and, and, and paths to, to go down. And I think that's, that can be really exciting too. And I love that you you grasped what felt um, doable to you in that space and and it's continuing to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't feel I have the bandwidth to have an e-com site right now and foster 
all the wholesale accounts that I have and do my custom work and invoice and be creative and package. And I, there's so many hats to this business and people out there who are listening who have a creative business know this. And so I've just personally decided that I'm going to slow and steady and do it right. Wholesale. I mean, I, I'd love to be on fair. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to add, I was wondering about that for you next six months, but I really didn't feel like up until recently I had a, a solid product line to kind of face mm. forward and, and hold my head high and confidently. So now that mm. I've got my greeting cards, I have gift and closure cards and I have um, my notepads, my illustrated notepads. I feel like I've got a cohesive collection that, mm. that I can kind of step forward a little bit easier. Um, yeah, but then you've got to do product photography and anyway, again, I, I move slow. <laughs> well, you but have if someone can, you have great taste. So, it, I mean, your, your website, again, I go back to that, your product photography, obviously you, you, it's driven by a vision you have. So you give your, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little more credit for, you know, it, it's about taking the steps when you feel ready to, but you've laid it out quite well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. The next big thing that I'm doing that's out of my comfort zone is I'm going to teach my first watercolor class to awesome. a group of 16 and 18 year olds. Um, oh, wow. I've got a few moms who said, Oh my gosh, will you teach our kids and we'll sit in on it too. And I'm, I'm thinking like, Oh my gosh, I'm such a fraud. Like I'm self-taught and I've only been doing this for like two and a half years. And, but I know I can teach a couple basics. Yeah. yeah. That'll be just fun. And it maybe yeah. it'll in just open up something within these young people that would be really exciting. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, my husband and I don't have kids. And I always thought that somehow this business is going to do something and leave something bigger Mm. and better for the young people. And I thought maybe that was like me going into the local schools and teaching how to write thank you cards, Mm. or maybe it was making personalized stationery for people. I don't know, but I think maybe the watercolor class could be kind of cool and just get ourselves out of this COVID insular yeah. bubble that we've been in for so long. I imagine it'll be really rewarding. And I, and I think it feels, I don't know, for me, it would feel approachable to start with maybe some kids and that, you know, that what are you teaching them? What are they wanting to know that, that then lets you know kind of what those questions are. It helps for that next class. Yeah. You, it, you seem like a natural Ivy at this and, and it's, it's really fun to see how far you've come in the time that you're, you've been doing it and just the way you network and collaborate and the ideas you have, it's going to be fun to watch you grow. Your aesthetic is beautiful and it's just really lovely to, to discover it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's a lonely, it can be a lonely job. Mm -hmm. You're in your studio and you're just by yourself and you're answering emails and you're being creative and you're doing all the other parts of your business. So the networking with other creative entrepreneurs has been amazing. And I've got my mastermind group. And then I even have my local Napa group where I've got a baker who's like a world-class pastry chef. And I've got a cheese expert and who's doing cheese tours. And like, I've got these amazing women who are like 30 and 40 years old who are often doing like their second or third career. Mm-hmm. And we're just, we're not in competing under industries and we're just looking to lift each other up 
whether it's advice on our websites or it's how to market something or, Hey, how can we promote each other? Yes. Hey, maybe we do a creative day where we do baking in the morning at a watercolor class. And then we finish with cheese and wine education. Like what can we offer? That's a little bit different than just going to a winery and wine tasting, which is beautiful. Mm, Sure. But if you're here for an extended period of time, maybe people are looking for something else. And I mean, I'd love to do floral arranging and teach floral arranging. And maybe you, you know, you pick something organically quickly from the garden and then we sketch it. And then we just do a really loose floral and watercolor. I mean, the ideas are overflowing. I love it. Folders and folders of, of inspirational stuff. And it's just, it's the thing that gets me out of bed. I just can't wait to get to my studio and start painting and being creative. It's just so much fun. Oh, that's so good. You are doing the right thing. Definitely. And I think it's finding ways to surround yourself with like-minded, you know, whether it's the podcasts you listen to, I have here um, where I live, a local group that somebody started that's local entrepreneurs as well, local creatives. And we get together once a month. So think about doing that wherever you live and a mastermind. I am running my a mastermind through Tanto Studio now, and it's just so wonderful to f- those women who are coming together. So wherever you can find that and those peers and the groups, you know, hold on to that because we do need those things. It's it's not always understood by our family or our dear friends. They they love us and support us, but they can't always quite relate to what we're chewing on. You know what we're dealing with. Mm, so good. Yep. Yeah. Got to find your people. You got to find your people. Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) What is next for Ivy Paper? So you're doing some classes and you've got the um, French collection coming out. Anything else coming up for you? Yeah, I was just working with my junior designer in Ohio this morning on um, transitioning all of my cards from square cards, which I'm such an idiot. Like I thought when I started this papery, I thought, okay, I need to really differentiate myself. So I'm going to do square cards because square cards are cool. <laughs> square cards require <laughs> square cards require additional postage. And you know what? I've been selling like crazy. Yeah. But I just had this. I just had this interview, and the woman I was bringing her a, a gift as a thank you, and and she said, "Oh, I thank you." And then the next day, she's like, "I sent your card out," and I said, "Oh, I hope you put a square stamp on it or two extra stamps." And she said. Uh, no. And I even had it stickered on the back square cards require additional postage. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I can't have uh, the last touch point on one of my products of it being returned back. And I have sold thousands and thousands and thousands of cards. And I thought this, this is a problem. I Mm -hmm. I have finally, I can't be stubborn about this anymore. Hopefully I've developed enough of a style to where it's my artwork. That's a key differentiator and not the shape of the card. So oh, for sure. I, so for this week, I've been working on taking all of my old designs and a whole bunch of new designs and putting them on A2 cards, which is four and a quarter by five and a half. And mm-hmm. I am coming to my senses after big deal. two years. <laughs> well, I get deal. it. I get it. Yeah. And, um, and then with my old stock, all my old five by five cards, I'm like, okay, so here's another problem. Do I, how do I make that transition? So fortuitously, one of the hotels reached out to me recently and said, we want to carry your cards for some of our guests. So when they come, we can write a handwritten note. So nice. I sold them all of my square cards because oh they gosh. didn't have to send them in the mail. It was like, perfect. <gasps> Ivy. The, 
nicely the done. Spirits and the gods were <laughs> looking down yes. on me that day, the paper gods. So that worked out really well. But that's that's new and exciting because I'm just I just that's don't feel deal. like I have to cringe and yeah. I don't have to sticker every card, mm-hmm. which from a scalability thinking yeah. long term, it's just gonna be difficult. Um so yeah, that's what I'm really I'm really jazzed up about that. I'm terrified about the watercolor class, but I'm gonna push through it and just try because it could be a failure or it could be amazing. And I'm really excited about good. these notepads. So yeah, I'll, it's all, and scarf. I'm working on two scarves, two like Hermes style kind of scarves. Oh, wonderful. One for a store in Sonoma and one for a winery. And I'd That's love exciting. to expand into that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I noticed that your logo is kind of looks like it's a scarf. I wear a scarf every day, all the time. If it's a, not a big scarf, it's a bandana. I, I love them. I just, I love, I think a lot about scarf design and what's on the border and what's on the corner of the scarf. Cause that's yes. often what you see. And yeah, I, I'm glad that you're doing that. It, your work leads lends itself so well to that. So that's, that's exciting. We'll see. And I, I I'm excited about the winery because I really feel like I've got their full support and, um, and it'll be, they've got a large following and I think they'll have guests who come through their gift store and they'll see something that's, you'll sell a lot. I don't know. I'm just really, yeah, I'm just really excited about that. Cause I think if that does well, then it'll give me the confidence to lean into my own line. Oh, it will. And let me know because I have your printer, your scarf printer for you. It's just wonderful Ivy to, to hear your story and to meet you after loving your product and your your visuals. And I just, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your insights. Cause I think people will get a lot out of this. Tell us who's inspiring you these days. And I know you've mentioned a few already, so let's revisit a couple of those and, and just who's, who's on your list of inspirational people these days. Who's on my list. Oh, I have so many, but I know you probably just want like just a couple. Um, I did mention my friend, Sandra Sigmund, um, yeah, the random person who just reached out, who I can say now as a friend, I'm like, I stayed in her Paris apartment. Like, it's just amazing. That qualifies as a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But she has this beautiful coffee table book and I just, I page through that and I'm just like, oh, these beautiful florals are, are so lovely. And they just give me so much inspiration. Um. There's a really cool artist. Uh, I think she's in New York. Her name is Happy Minocle, and she does like mm. really cool stationery and watercolor crests. And I do watercolor crests, and so I peek over on her Instagram every once in a while. But um, late, lately, I've been kind of like unfollowing or unlooking at certain artists because I just don't want it to influence me too much. It's yeah. just I just want to stay in my lane and be Ivy, and not be too influenced. But I love her work. Um, and I, someone, a friend, a brand designer kind of mentioned, Hey, you should go look at her work. There's mm-hmm. a wallpaper company called Des Journées mm-hmm. that does hand-painted like chinoiserie, beautiful hand-painted wallpaper that is just gorgeous. I'm really, I've, I just bought one of their books and it's in my mm. coffee table. And I can see you doing things artist. like that wallpaper and things like oh that. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. Yeah, that would be so cool. I need like five arms instead of two. (laughs) (laughs) I interrupted your, your next one. Oh, and then I think maybe the last one is not an artist, but she's a publisher and she, her name is Sharon Santoni and she's inspiring for a variety of reasons, but she, I think she just came out with her 30th edition of her magazine. It's called my French country home Mm. magazine. 
And she's a Brit, but she lives in Normandy of France. And I literally think she started this beautiful French publication for American readers, mostly nice. in her fifth or sixth decade of life. Wow. And I sub- started subscribing to this magazine about a year ago, and it comes every two months. So six editions um, a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I just page through like the beautiful gardens. They have a garden section. They have a recipe section. They have uh, interior design section. And because I have that pool towards the French aesthetic, yeah. I get so inspired when I look through that magazine and I, I just love it. So yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm. I love that. Those inspired. are all such um, very inspiring and different in different yeah. ways, you know, and I think because of your sensibility and I love that you, you know, you took yourself, you made a France happen for you at a young age. It's, it's really um, interesting to see what, what sticks with us, what, you know, grows us and how we, how we evolve. And, and I love that you have stayed true to what's important to you and your sensibilities and how you continue to be inspired. And these are, these are great ones. Cause I, I get the, the leg up for looking at some of the things ahead of time that, that people send to me and, oh my gosh, I just, the wallpaper and the, uh, the beautiful new floral book and some great things for me. Oh, there it is. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of fun. There's so many creative people out there. And like, I, I've said this before, I think everybody has a creative soul inside them. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah, It's really a lot of fun. Thank you, Ivy. You're inspiring and keep it up. Good things are ahead. I can just tell in that class, it's going to be wonderful and you're going to love it. And so are your students. And if it's not, at least I tried. (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's all we can do right (laughs) oh thanks for being here it's been great thank you margo this has been super fun you bet before you go i just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in i hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think for those of you listening in on spotify and i know there are many you now have the cool option to show your love for windowsill chats quickly and easily from the show page in the spotify app you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.